listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boo Crew Media and Level Water. Level Water is New Orleans-based alkaline water that goes through 11 stages of purification and is infused with bioavailable minerals to deliver superior tastes and hydrations. Try Level Water today by visiting levelwatercode.com slash BKM and use our latest code for the month of June, BKM, uh, July, excuse me, BKM9PH for a free t-shirt with a purchase of case. And also, before we get this started, because I kind of have a pretty interesting rant to open up with. I want to tell you guys to check out BKM's inaugural golf tournament benefiting NOLA Memorial Stair Climb on August 13th. It's going to be held at Lakewood Golf Club. Go check up. Go sign up now. Now, the main topic that I want to discuss today was something that I kind of hinted on on Twitter and you guys kind of saw, and it was this news cycle that we're getting with the New Orleans Saints. It's two stories that just keep coming back and forth, and everyone keeps talking about these two things. It's one Drew Brees being, you know, playing through a bunch of injuries and two, well, Tom Brady was almost a member of the New Orleans Saints. And these two stories have for some reason come up about 50,000 times over the last, I want to say two months. And I know it's the off season. And I know we go through a dead period where people don't know what to talk about. And I, I kind of get that. Remember, I'm someone who writes for a living. I understand what people, you know, what clicks, what doesn't. And I, I, I get that at that point. But as someone who feels like they cover the same, someone who loves this football team, they're too talented. They're too interesting of a ball club for us fans, the Houdat Nation just as a whole, to sit here and every single day we hear the two same stories. So a new era is here. And whether you like it or not, that's it. And you kind of have to embrace it because if you don't, then you're going to miss out on whatever fun may happen or what might not, we don't know. But I'm simply tired of hearing how many injuries Drew Brees played with, or that Tom Brady could have been on the New Orleans Saints. And I, this isn't to offend Drew Brees, you know, critics, Drew Brees supporters, Drew Brees himself. You guys know how I feel about Drew Brees, but I, I'm on here on Twitter every single day, and we're talking about the same single thing. It's, oh man, Drew was selfish, or oh man, Drew was such a warrior. He's a savior. I love Drew Brees, but we got to move on. It's July of 2021. And there's so much about this New Orleans Saints team that I'm so excited to talk about. And I'm going to talk about it in this episode that I want people to understand that maybe this new generation isn't going to be as successful, but I'm really, really interested to see what happens. And this isn't me being salty. This isn't just me trying to turn the page and, and, and say, I'm done with the last four years. I'm very appreciative of the last four years, but this Saints football team I'm optimistic. And for starters, and this is the whole reason why I'm optimistic and why I think we should really embrace this new generation of Saints football is the youth and, and not just the youth, the talented youth on this Saints team. So I sat there and I'm looking at this roster and I'm like, we all know the superstars and we could all list them. And I've talked about how the Saints had five players ranked in the top 50, and that's a great number. But the youth, the under the 25 and under guys. That's what really, really interests me because it's not just today that they're affecting. It's tomorrow. It's two years. It's three years. It's four years from now. Those are the type of guys. And the Saints have a lot of nice core pieces like an Alvin Kamara, a Marshawn Lattimore, a Marcus Williams, a JT Gray, a Traquan Smith, and even lower level guys who I think are going to have possibly breakout years like an Adam Troutman or a Carl Granderson or a Shai Tuttle. And then you also have guys like Marcus Davenport, Eric McCoy, Gardner Johnson, Deontay Harris, Marquez Callum, Peyton Turner, all these guys that I just mentioned. I believe it's about double digits about the guys that I just mentioned. 
All of those guys are 25 or younger. This is a young Saints roster, extremely young. And this isn't just about the youth. We also have a lot of players who are entering their prime. I mean, Ryan Ramchek is pretty much entering his prime. He just got paid. He's entering his prime. Michael Thomas, I'm going to talk about him in a little bit, but we are talking about a guy who we know when he's healthy what he can do. He's one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in football, and I will bang this you know table nonstop telling you that he is. So it really, there's so much to talk about that I don't understand why we keep talking about Drew Brees or talking about Tom Brady. Like, yes, they're legends. I get it. We got to move on. And, and I know some of you guys are checking out on Twitter right now, and I, I totally agree. This team is heading in the right direction in terms of youth, in terms of just being able to compete now, but look ahead towards the future. And I know there's that really big question, well, Chris, who's the quarterback? I don't have that answer for you right now, and I, it hate, I, you know, I hate that I can't tell you the answer to that, but that's the only part of this team, albeit the most important position, that the Saints haven't necessarily figured out, and I could say, okay, pencil them in for the next five, maybe six, seven years, whatever it might be. But man, if there's one position that I trust Sean Payton to figure out, it's the quarterback position. I really do. And and sticking on the topic of this roster and why I really want people to just focus on this 2021 Saints team and say, hey, man, I like where we're heading. A lot of people ask me, and these are more of people who aren't Saints fans, so it's hard for them to kind of grasp what Drew Brees did and didn't do during the last you know 15 years, but more specifically the last four years. And a lot of people tell me, well, you know, they're going to lose a lot of leadership and they will lose the leadership of a Drew Brees and you don't necessarily replace a Drew Brees. So I totally get that. And again, you're talking to a guy who has a bunch of Drew Brees pictures everywhere. Like I love Drew Brees, but if you say that, then you're dismissing a lot of respectable veterans on the Saints roster who does you absolutely deserve respect as a leader, whether that's a Malcolm Jenkins or a Teron Armstead or a Cam Jordan or Latavius Murray, or the number one leader on this football club, Demario Davis. And when Drew Brees went down, there's a reason why this team didn't miss a beat. It has nothing to do with Drew Brees' play. It has nothing to do with Teddy Bridgewater's play or Taysom Hill's play. It's the continuity in the locker room. It's the support. It's the trust. It's the leadership. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. And while I think we will lose Drew Brees in a variety of ways, you lose the efficiency, you lose the ability to take care of the football, you lose the two-minute drill stuff. That is a fact, but there are things that the Saints will be able to overcome, and that is the fact that they have that guy who's going to lead the huddle. That's Demario Davis. They have those guys on offense who can just get their shit together and figure it out, whether it's Armstead, whether it's Murray, whether it's Ramchek. Hell, you might not see him as a leader, but don't think for one second Michael Thomas doesn't come in every single day and know what he needs to do on and off the field. The guy you know, eats, sleeps, and breathes football. And even Alvin Kamara, as you mentioned, this is a player who, the more and more you listen to him talk to the media, he might not come across as a leader to you, but man, does he have everyone's respect because one, he is one of the baddest dudes on the planet, and two, he goes out there and he just balls out every single week, and you're gonna, he's going to earn your respect, whether you like it or not. He's just that good. So I, I can't sit here on July 6th and say, hey... I know what the Saints record's going to be, or I know what the future has in store for this team. But I'm kind of tired every single day I get on Twitter and I see, oh, what are they going to do without Breeze? Or, oh man, they lost Quan Alexander and they lost this guy. And a lot of you guys ask me about Quan and say, you know, do you think he's going to resign? 
The Saints, for the exception of cornerback two, because we don't know what Paulson Adebo can be yet, and I actually do have my fingers crossed that I think he can be a nice, talented player, the Saints had a contingency plan for every single thing. Yes, they cut Quan, but clearly they liked a linebacker like Pete Werner in the second round. Clearly they see that they might, you know, in a couple of years, Cam Jordan might not be there or be a, you know, really impactful player or Marcus Davenport might not be ready or just, you know, after the five years are done, that's it. He's, he's out. You get a guy like Peyton Turner for your defensive line. Every single move the Saints had an answer for. The only one that I think they really didn't was cutting Janoris Jenkins and then kind of getting Paulson Adebo in the third round kind of felt like a fallback plan. But you guys ask, you know, can the Saints make moves? The Saints can fix that. The Saints have about $12 million in cap space. They can go get a Richard Sherman. They can go get a Gary and Conley. They can get a guy. They can go get a Drake Kirkpatrick. There are options out for this football team that they can go there and figure it out. And people who aren't even Saints fans, aren't even Saints analysts, whatnot, will bring up the fact that this defense still has a lot of talent. Like, I see a lot of people who just assume that this defense is going to go back into the dumps. Those days for now are over, thankfully. But the days of them going out there and just constantly giving up 30 points and the offense just has to bail you out every single week, that is done. And it's not just because of the talent. It's because of the coaching. Dennis Allen is better than what the Saints had back then with either Rob Ryan or Steve Spagnuolo, who obviously has found his way in Kansas City. Getting a guy like Chris Richard to coach the secondary, that is absolutely huge. Coach Nielsen, to make sure he doesn't leave LSU and to keep him on the New Orleans Saints to kind of fix that defensive line, that is huge. And I think that that is really important for this football team. It's not just the players. It's the coaching staff. They really do have so much to like about this football team. And that's why I think move on. I know it's tough. Like moving on in anything is life is, is tough. And especially when you see the last four years, because I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys. I'll watch the Saints the last four years. And every single year, it didn't end the way you wanted it to. It almost sucks out the fun of the 17 weeks of the regular season that lead up to that moment in the playoffs. And it almost feels like everything they built that was positive almost gets a race with one game. Although it shouldn't be that way. That's how it feels, but you got to move on. It didn't happen. They didn't win a Super Bowl. Does that mean they can't win a Super Bowl this upcoming season? Absolutely not. Weird shit has happened. And I brought it up a couple episodes and I'll say it again. There are not a lot of teams in the NFC right now that I look, I say, man, they only have one or two flaws. A lot of teams are flawed. And one of the teams that doesn't have many flaws is the Green Bay Packers. And guess what? If Aaron Rodgers isn't playing this year, cross off another team that I look at and say, man, they don't have many flaws. So there really is a lot to like about New Orleans Saints. But there's another part I really want to talk about. And that is the motivational factor. And before I get to that, I just want to salute you. Obviously, Billy, I appreciate that. I got a, it was raining here in New York. So I had a windbreaker on, obviously. So I decided to keep it on for the show. But this team, there are so many storylines you can follow in the sense that, okay, he has something to prove. He wants to show you guys this, you know, this upcoming season. And I'll just start with the guy who is probably going to dictate the most of this season. That's Jameis Winston. I cannot stand going on Twitter, going on Facebook, going on Instagram, whatever social media app, and someone who we don't know what Jameis Winston is going to look like in the New Orleans Saints offense is going to go there and tell you, man, Jameis is going to throw 30 picks and Jameis is going to suck. And look, we, it could happen. It could happen where Jameis doesn't fix his mistakes. It's possible. But guess what? He had a year to watch one of the most efficient quarterbacks in a year where he, he kind of really needed it, I don't think people realize how quickly Jameis was kind of forced into Tampa with not a good support system and say, okay, make stuff happen. And I'm not excusing him. I'm saying context is very important. So he had the year. He's got a coach who made Teddy Bridgewater 
a lot of money. He made Teddy a lot of money, and I love Teddy Bridgewater. But Teddy's best days, like specifically the game against Tampa where he threw for four touchdowns and 300-plus yards, you weren't seeing that with Carolina. Why? Sean Payton gets the best out of his quarterbacks. There's a reason for that. Taysom Hill, all of, you know, the 31 other teams in the NFL might not view Taysom Hill as a quarterback, but Sean Payton can sit there and say, hey, I can win three out of four games with Taysom Hill. Why? Because the guy is innovative. He's such a creative football mind. He can get the best out of any quarterback. So Jameis Winston, who has become the laughing stock of the NFL, every meme, every joke about turnovers, there's his face plastered. He can't even go week one of last season without a picture of him holding an iPad when he did nothing wrong, just sitting there looking at the Surface Pro, looking over film. Somehow that becomes a meme. This man has gone from the number one pick back then to a guy who people are so quick to just say he stinks. And and you know what? It's possible that might happen this year. But you don't think that he's highly motivated? You don't think these workout videos are there for a reason? Jameis had to hear a lot about his character, maybe some right, maybe some wrong. But one of the big things was that, man, I don't know if he wants it bad. I'm, workouts do not lead to on-field success, at least workout videos. But man, he looks like a guy who wants it. He looks like a guy that knows this is his last chance, guys. If Jameis Winston wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, he'll always be at least a backup because his arm is so explosive and he could come in and win you a game. Even if he's not having a good year, he can win you a game, you know, a la Fitzpatrick type. But this is his last chance to become a starter for the long haul in a system that is literally built for quarterbacks to get their best numbers. So what do I think a guy like Jameis Winston can do this offense? I'm not necessarily sure if he'll be able to hit these benchmarks but why can't Jameis Winston throw in a 17-game season for 4,400, 4,500 yards? I think that's a very fair mark. He can go over that. But I think the touchdown interception number is important. He's going to, in my opinion, he's going to throw double-digit interceptions. Let's not avoid the inevitable. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. We've seen Drew Brees throw double-digit interceptions multiple times. How is your, t- your touchdown-to-interception ratio looking? And if Jameis Winston can be somewhere around the 30 touchdowns, and 14 pick mark or 28 touchdowns and 14 pick marks. I think that's pretty good. I always look at, look at, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers or Derek Carr with the Raiders, someone who will throw you 27 touchdowns, 13 picks. Can you get that type of production from your quarterback? If you can, when everything else is working, when your special teams is on, when your defense is playing solid football, when you have a running game with Kamara and Murray, why can't that be a solid production number for me. Why can't they be a solid stat line for Jameis Winston? And this isn't even just about predicting, you know, Jameis's stat line. It's kind of going off tangent there, but it's the point that motivation is going to be high for a lot of guys on these team, but guys that can impact the season more than anyone else. We're not talking about a special teams player or a rookie who's coming in and is going to have to earn his keep. We're talking about guys who are going to be there every single snap. Those are the ones coming into the 2021 season who are going to be highly motivated. And Jameis is at the very top of the list. How about Michael Thomas? Because that is someone who I really, really want to talk about briefly for a minute or two. If I had a dollar for every single list this year that ranked wide receivers, and for some reason, Michael Thomas wasn't in the top five, top seven, I'd have a lot of dollars, folks. I don't know how many to keep track, but I'd have a lot there. And it's just crazy to me how we let one season where it's not like he played bad. He was hurt one season erases a record-breaking year, erases the fact that he had the most catches through his first four seasons than any other NFL wideout in the history of the game. The history. This is not someone 
who, you know, was just beating a Jarvis Landry and that's it. No, it's every wide receiver who ever played the game, most catches in four years, that went to Michael Thomas. He broke a record for Marvin Harrison that people thought would never be broken. And he was the first offensive player of the year to be a wideout since Jerry Rice. And I'll throw all these facts out there. And yet, if I go search up a list, if people tell me to rank the best wide receivers, for some reason, he's going to be outside of the top seven. And it just boggles my mind because I get it. So what have you done for me lately? But when he was in, and he was probably really at 70%, and I'm probably being generous with that number. It's probably lower than that. He still played good football. The man had 200-yard receiving games with Taysom Hill. Doesn't matter who his quarterback is, he's going to get his. So he's coming back. He's been very quiet on social media this offseason. Don't think that he didn't hear what you said. And he didn't hear that, oh, Michael Thomas isn't good anymore, and he's just slant boy, and he didn't play well in the playoffs, although he didn't. I get that. But don't think he doesn't hear that. And don't think that doesn't motivate him. And don't think a guy who is one of the best in the league doesn't use this as some type of Michael Jordan slash Tom Brady-esque tactic to say, man, they don't think I'm good, man. They think I'm washed. And here he comes. Because that is something that Michael Thomas can, and that is something that Michael Thomas probably will do this off, this upcoming season. And he's a guy with a lot of motivation. How about Cam Jordan? Already talking about it. Already talking about people think year 11, he's on the decline, and he's not going to be an impact player. These are all players here who are really coming in and gunning to have a great season. And how about Marshawn Lattimore? I'm going to finish off with him. This is a player who I have criticized before. You've probably criticized before. But when he plays his best football, there aren't many cornerbacks who can do what Marshawn Lattimore does, who can just go out there and lock up a Mike Evans and lock up an Amari Cooper and lock up any wide receiver really that you throw his way for the exception of really Adam Thielen and Calvin Ridley. He usually locks you up because he's that damn good. And there is no better motivation for Marshawn Lattimore than not having a long-term contract. And maybe it's unfair because God forbid he does go down and you possibly lose out on money, but the motivation is going to be there. And if you're Marshawn Lattimore, every single game, you're coming out with that cornerback one mentality. You're coming out with that lockdown mentality because you start to put those together, start to string together a bunch of great games or you're locking down the opponent. That means you're going to get the bag in the off season, which he will if he plays well. And anyone who thinks that the Saints should not extend Marshawn Lattimore, granted, there's different circumstances. Like if they, if he wants... 22, 23 million a year. Maybe the Saints have to walk away, sure. But man, Marshawn Lattimore is the best, not even best, the most talented cornerback the Saints have had. This is not an opinion. I think this is a fact. And the thought of the Saints not having Marshawn Lattimore, to me, is scarier than the thought of the Saints overpaying Marshawn Lattimore. And that's why it always comes down to risk and you got to weigh it and you got to see what benefits your team a little bit more. And yes, I, I will be worried if the Saints pay him a lot and say, oh, what if the energy slacks off here and there? But that's kind of a thing that he's moved on from. And anyone who watched the second half of this, uh, this past season saw Marshall Lattimore, who really strung together so many productive games. And he was a big part of that turnaround. And I know PFF might not like him, and these advanced analytics guys might not be fond of Marshall Lattimore, but when he's on, he's damn good. Damn good. And, and I really think that he's going to be a guy who will be highly motivated to get his this season. So you got a team that's got a lot of talent, 25 and younger. Got a lot of veterans in their prime reaching that point. You have guys who are highly motivated, whether it's a Jameis Winston, a Michael Thomas, a Marshawn Lattimore. There is so much to the Saints team. They're, they might not hit the ceiling. They might not be as successful or as fun as the Saints team of the last four has been. But it's a new era. And you better get on right now, 
or don't get on later because we can't sit here in July with training camp just two and a half weeks away and keep dwelling on what could have been and what should have been with this New Orleans Saints. The last four years were incredibly fun. The last four years were incredibly stressful. This is a new team with a lot of fresh faces, but also some familiar faces who are going to ball out this season because that's what they do every single year. It's John Payton having a chance to kind of reinvent or refurbish his playbook, I should say, and open up the vertical attack because you guys love to say, man, we're going to miss Breeze, and they will. They will miss Breeze in certain departments. But how many, for the last two years, everyone's been begging for them to open up the vertical, vertical attack. Now you're going to get it. Don't back out now. It's too late. Enjoy what's going to come this season. We'll see what happens. Obviously, if signings happen or injuries happen, I'll keep you guys updated as those go along. But this is a Saints team that I'm probably more optimistic than most. And I sit here today and I tell you, why can't this team at the minimum go 10 and 7 and make the playoffs? And who the hell knows from there what can happen? You just got to get into the dance and then anything can happen. I don't want to get too far in advance. I'm just talking about the fact that this Saints team is way better, too talented, and too many fun players on this team for us to sit here and constantly talk about the same stories over and over again. But I know the NBA Finals is on. I know there's like two minutes left. Everyone's going to catch it. And I know there probably weren't enough people watching the end of this compared to the last episode and, and the you know scheduling for me just didn't work out this week. But I appreciate all you guys tuning in. I will post this on Apple. We'll be on Spotify for everyone who missed it. I'll talk about it and I'll kind of rant a little bit more on Twitter about it. But this Saints team, guys, stay optimistic. I think there's a lot to like. And I swear if I see another story about Drew Brees playing through a bunch of injuries or Tom Brady almost signed with the Saints, I might have to log off on Twitter for an entire week. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for more content in the very near future. And obviously, if news breaks, I will come back with an emergency pod. But that's going to do it for this one. Who that Saints fans? And stay tuned for more content on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.